Welcome, everyone. My name is Reverend Henry Falcone. This is a Kingdom Moment podcast, and it's a pleasure to be with you this morning and uh, to share uh, a, a particular uh, word, a specific word about the Kingdom of God with those that God is going to allow this podcast to reach. Uh, today, I really felt that this is a word uh, for all of us, but particularly you millennials, those of you that are the younger generation, you know, in your 20s and 30s, and also you teenagers and you preteens and, and young people that um, I want to share with you about what the Lord is about to, to do with you and with all of us and forming us into his kingdom army, his wheel within a wheel, you know, so one with the Lord. And no matter where you may be today in your walk with the Lord, maybe you're going to watch this broadcast and you may seem like you're a million miles away from the Lord, but you love the Lord, or maybe uh, you don't even really know the Lord. Or perhaps that uh, you've been backslidden, or you've had enough of church, and you don't want to stay, um, you know, uh, you, you know, um, going to church, and because you don't feel any different coming in than you than you do coming out. This word is specifically for you, be able to share with you about the kingdom of God and what God is forming us into. Now, even though there's been so much that's happened since March of last year with the the pandemic, many have lost their jobs. Many have lost their, um, you know, um, um, a lot of things, lost loved ones, relatives. Um, you young people, you're not able to go to school. Maybe you have to do everything online, you know, or, or, you know, whether you're in high school or college and schools are closed, restaurants are closed, businesses are closed. You know, many states are still in a state of total lockdown. And um, these are difficult times. Matter of fact, Second Timothy tells us these are hard to deal with. In the last days, there'll be times that are hard to deal with and hard to bear. And many are are, are trying to make it through this particular time, and um, but asking a lot of questions and looking for a lot of answers. Well, today we're going to discuss something about what God is making us. And let me say this to you first and foremost. Those of you who have left the church, those of you who don't go anymore, those of you that are maybe home alone and seeking the Lord on your own, those of you who've turned your away from the Lord, the best is yet to come. And that's the truth. The best is yet to come. God has saved his best wine for last. And what the Lord is about to do with the people who will prepare themselves, the people that will position themselves, the people that will begin to develop that deep, intimate, abiding relationship with the Lord, no matter whether you're four or, or 84, your destiny of what God is about to reveal in and through you, we've never seen before. We've never been in a day like this. We've never been in an hour like this. We are in the day of the Lord. We're in the kingdom age. And what God is forming us into is into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. This is Revelation chapter uh, 5, verses uh, 10, uh, 6 through 10. He's forming us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto the Lord that we can rule and reign with him. Young people, I know, and many of you, probably have gone to church, gone to youth group, gone to singles ministry, maybe gone to church. And honestly, you know, many of you have, may have felt like, I don't feel any different going out than I do going in. And I, they're going to do the same thing Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. I get it. I understand you. But let me share this with you today, what God is doing on this earth, and especially how he wants to move upon your people, on you young people and you millennials. You are the leaders that God is raising up for such a time as this. 
you have a place in the body of Christ that's unique and very special. It's very unique, very special because you are going to be the generals and the leaders of the advancement of the kingdom of God upon the earth in this day and the hour. Yes, God has a special place for you. And God has us older generation like the Joshua's, the Joshua's and maybe the Caleb's to help you point you to the Lord, help you find the Lord, help you to develop that intimacy with the Lord so that God can position you to be the men of God, the women of God that God has created you to be so that you can have the families that God's created you to have, that you can be a, a husband and a wife that God has created you to be or a father and mother, a young father and mother, you know, uh, you know, to your children. And God is raising up people today and accelerating their spiritual growth like nothing I've ever seen before. Nothing like I've ever seen before. And so God is not leaving you out. It's not too late. You haven't missed your time. This is your moment, young people. This is your moment, millennials, that God is drawing you to himself. And even us older people and us, you know, our middle age and older people, God is not finished with you. This is just the most beautiful day of the Lord where God has come, Jesus has come to finish and complete his work in you, to make you into a full-grown son, to make you into a full-grown daughter, into an overcomer, into a man-child company in Revelation chapter 12, and a bride of the Lord without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. This is that moment in time that you want to get in with the Lord. When I share with you today, I'm not sharing with you, I'm not telling you go out and run out and go back to church. I'm telling you, get your relationship right with God. Get your relationship where you're hungering and thirsting after the Lord, after righteousness, so that he can fill you. And then, as far as where God wants to place you with a local group of people, or maybe he wants to connect you on the internet with brothers and sisters of Christ, and maybe you can have new places, maybe God will move you to a new location to be with certain people that God wants you to connect with. Whatever that is, wherever you're supposed to be, can only be determined by whatever it is that you desire to become. And what you become desires the place that where you'll be. When I say to become, that means do you want to become everything that God created you for? Do you want to do everything that God has written in his book about you before you were even formed in your mother's womb, the book of Psalm tells us? Do you want to fulfill your destiny? Do you want to know what your destiny is? Do you want to know what the Lord desires for you? Well, that only comes by you diligently seeking the Lord. I want to share a scripture with you today that I think is essential to help you find your placement in the Lord. And that's in Proverbs chapter 8. And I'm going to begin with uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11. Now, many of you and young people, you know, I don't know if you got hurt by church. Maybe you got, you know, um, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's turned maybe you away from the Lord or burning for the Lord or on fire for the Lord. There are many young people that are on fire for the Lord. If you were to go to Kansas City, the International House of Prayer, you would find that they have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week David's Tabernacle where they worship the Lord, and most of it is led by your generation. If you were to go out, and I think it's Houston, Texas, to the upper room, you would see the young people on fire for the Lord, burning for the Lord, ministry to the Lord. These are two wonderful places where, where, where you can begin to see where you fit in the body of Christ. These are two good places to go and visit if you want to. It's to be able to come and just in that continuous place of ministering and worshiping in the Lord where you can develop your spiritual senses to hear him, to know him, to see him, to feel him, where the Lord can make himself real to you. But maybe you can't go to an upper room or maybe you can't go to Bethel or maybe you can't go to IHOP in Kansas City. But there is a place that you can go, and that's the secret place of the Most High God. 
Today, I want to share with you a secret about how to really know the Lord and walk in that which God has called you to be, to become Joel's army of the Lord. Matter of fact, the Bible says that this army that God is raising up in his last day has never seen, been seen before, and it will never be seen again because they're able to run through a troop, leap over a wall. Great is the army that's able to execute and release God's word. That is what you're a part of. You're being part right now, being made into the army of the Lord, a wheel within a wheel, which Ezekiel sees, totally connected to the Lord, totally one with the Lord, totally walking in that oneness relationship with the Lord as a bride and bridegroom so that God can position you to be able to use you in this end time purposes. You know, many of you have probably maybe watched the Left Behind series movies and about the rapture and, you know, and, you know, and, and people uh, ask me, young people tell, ask me all the time, is it going to be a rapture? I said, is it going to be a physical rapture? There are many people who believe there will be. There are many people who believe it will come before the tribulation, in the mid-tribulation, after the tribulation, and some believe none at all. And there's enough scriptures to support each one of those positions. So what do you, what do I say? It doesn't matter. Are you ready for today? Are you ready to walk out and lead your life and know exactly what God's will is for you? Are you ready to, and able to hear what the Lord wants to tell you today? Are you ready to be led and guided by his own eye in Psalm 32, 8, that I want to lead you and guide you with my own? I want to teach and instruct you in the way that you should go and guide you with my own eye. Are you ready for Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I do you believe that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I said all those scriptures because God has an order for your life. He has a plan and a purpose. You are not a piece of junk. You're not a leftover. And whether the church accepted you, rejected you, God has not rejected you. God receives all that will come to him in faith, all those that will repent, all those that will recognize Boy, I really blew it, God. I'm a sinner. And I, 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 need, I ask you to come and forgive me my sins. Jesus, I believe that you died for them. And I want to give you my life. Now, most of you know that already about what it is to be saved. It's, it's confessing your sins and acknowledging that God has done a miracle. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for your sins, shed his blood so that you can be forgiven. Why? Why is that so important? Just so that you can go to heaven? That's a wonderful reason. But it's more than that. It's because you have a destiny. You have a plan written by God. He created you for his purposes. How many of you watching this broadcast know what that purpose is? If you don't, how can you get, how can you live? You got to guess what God wants you to be, or you're going to do whatever you feel like doing, and which is what most people do. I feel like doing this and feel like this, but you know what? Your life ends up going around a merry-go-round over and over again. You go around like a circle. And you try this and you try this, but you don't seem to get anywhere. You may even find a career. You may even find something that makes you happy. But after a while, even that becomes stale. Even that becomes dead. And then you want to try something else. And that's what we do when we don't really understand who God is. It's not enough just to be saved. It's to know Jesus. To know him intimately. To walk with him day by day. Because that's his desire. He wants to walk with you day by day. He wants to live in you and reveal his kingdom in you and through you. And he wants you to understand how valuable you are, how special you are, how loved you are, and what his plans and his destiny is for your life. You see, none of us made ourselves. 
God made us in his likeness and his image. And we were made beloved for his pleasure. We were made for him to be walk with him, to know him. He made all of creation that you see out there. He made the angels and even to fellowship with them. But only with man can he come and live with and dwell in and be one with. We, that which was made from dust, God formed, and then he breathed his life into it. And he gave us that choice, free will, to be able to choose whether we're going to love him, honor him, and want to know him and be with him or not. That was a pretty dangerous choice, if you think about it. Because if you give your creation free will to want you or not want you, there may be a possibility they may not want you. And many, many people live that way, that they don't want the Lord. Even though the Lord is showing them how much he loves them, what he created for them, they reject him day after day after day as if he didn't even exist. Or they don't even want to believe he exists. Or if they believe in he exists, they believe he's evil and whatever. But the truth is, God is love. And he absolutely loves you. And he absolutely cares about you. And he has a destiny for you. And he has a plan for you. And he has a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my favorite scriptures. God says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Think about that for a minute. God says, I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you. Hmm. Just let that sit in just for a moment. If you're a young person, a teenager, God says, or a millennial, or even if you're 80 or 50, God says, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. And then it goes on to say, thoughts for your well-being, to keep you well, to protect you, provide for you, and for you to have peace and not evil, and to have hope in your final outcome. How many people are walking around today with no hope, especially amidst COVID-19, the election, what's happening in our nation, the hatred that's rising up in people towards one another, the political division, the spiritual divisions that are all over our nation. You know, it's hard to find anything to cling to or anyone to cling to. Who can you trust? You can't trust the politicians. You can't, you can't trust the government. You, can, you can't trust sometimes even your best friends. Who can you trust? But that's why Proverbs 3, 4, and 5 is so important. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In other words, your life was made for God's purposes. What are those purposes? How do you find those purposes? You find those purposes when you find him. And you, when you find him, the only way you're going to find him, he's a rewarder. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Two scriptures I want to share with you today. They're my favorite. Okay. One is in Proverbs 8, there's Proverbs 8, um, uh, 8, 8, 17 and 8, 17 and 8, 21. Today, beloved and young person, if you want to know what God's thoughts are and plans are, and why are they important? Because every day you live outside of them, you're actually in rebellion against God. Maybe not consciously. It means you're doing something other than what you were created for. And when you continue to try to um, do something other than what you were created for, you'll never find peace. You'll never find rest. You'll never be satisfied. You can be married. You can have three kids. You can have a nice house. You can have everything. You can have the American dream, but you're still going to be empty. And the reason why you're going to be empty is, is that is not what God created you for. There is a longing in your heart to be filled. 
Man can't fill it. A wife can't fill it. Children can't fill it. Money can't fill it. There's nothing in this world that can fill that place in your heart but the Lord. But in that place, there's something other. that There's another part of that place that has to be filled. And that other place is not only to know the Lord that he has to fill it, but the only other thing that can satisfy you is living and becoming everything that God has made you to be, created you to be. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness because righteousness means right choosing. When I know what God has for my life, I can find him to choose rightly. What steps does he want me to walk in? Where does he want me to go today? What does he want me to do today? Who does he want me to minister to today? What? How does he want to bring provision to my family? How does he want me to teach my children? How does he want me to find a wife or a husband if you're not married? How, how am I going to make it through high school or college without knowing the directions and the plans and the strategies of God? It's critical. Now, when you reject knowing the Lord or don't pursue knowing the Lord, what that really does is it takes you on another path. It takes you on another road, on another destiny other than the one that you were created for. You could be successful in that. You could be prosperous in that. And you can even be humanly satisfied. The problem is when you stand before the Lord, all of that will burn up as nothing. If you didn't receive Jesus as a savior, you'll, you'll be cast into, into, the, into hell forever and ever and ever. But if you do know Jesus and you still walked in another way, your whole life is going to burn up. It'll be nothing. You'll enter to heaven, but only as escaping the fire. That means every day you on the earth was not, was wasted. And you see, to the degree that you know God, to the degree that you live for God's will, that seed, that kingdom seed that's being deposited within you, when it's planted in eternity, it's going to grow either 30, 60, or 100. And that's going to that's going to determine our, our eternal position with the Lord. Are we going to be those that rule and reign with him? As it says in Revelation chapter 5, are we going to be kings and priests? Or are we going to just have uh, care of the, of the outer courts of the Lord and minister to people, which it says in Ezekiel 44? So our placement now on this earth and our relationship with the Lord forever and ever is, be, is being determined by the choices that we make today, by the decisions that we make today, believe it or not, small and big, and medium-sized are the determining our divine placement for eternity, but also for what's coming upon the earth in these last days, in this tribulation period. It's going to determine our placement. Now, right now, nobody wants to, especially if you're a young person, you don't want to hear about tribulation. You, you may have dreams of getting married, have a family, a business, and a career. My word to you today is that we are in the last days and times. I don't know how long that's going to be. But what you have to, what I believe God wants you to do is seize the moment. Why did you create me, Lord? What is your destiny for me? Many of you are seeking your spouse, but you realize as long as you're walking in your own will and your own plans and your own ways without knowing why you were created and what God has for you, you're probably going to end up picking your spouse. And as you can see, divorce, even in the church, is a rate of over 50, 60% in the church. That means we pick somebody. They picked us, but who does the Lord have for you? Who's the one that God has for you? I remember when I was 16, I met, I, I met my wife, Donna, um, and I met her, and she was very popular at, at the restaurant we worked in. Everybody liked her. She was very nice, very friendly, and she was going out with a guy, and I, I was going out with a girl at, at, at my high school, but I, I liked this other girl, 
And so I got to know, know Donna because she was good friends with her and I wanted her to get me to get fixed up with this other girl. Well, anyways, after a long story, after, after a while, she got that girl and we got that girl to break up with her boyfriend. And I thought for sure she was going to go out, out with me. I was crazy in love. 16, how much can you love, right? I was crazy in love with this girl. At least I thought I was. And I remember one time I, she said, if you really love me, I want you to stand in a grocery cart and say, I love Tina, da, 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 da. So I got in the grocery cart and I went down the hill and I thought, I love Tina, da, da, da. So, you know, back in that day, that's pretty foolish. But I'll never forget, as much as I pursued her, she ended up going out with an, an older guy, okay? And I started to go out with another girl that was in, in high school. But one day, I wasn't even saved. And my eyes were opened and I looked at Donna and I don't know how I knew, but I knew she was the one for me. From that moment, I never looked to another girl. I didn't want another one. I knew she was my wife because God knew almost 40 years later, okay, it's 41 years this year later, that the woman that was going to walk with me had to be saved, filled with the Holy Spirit and able to walk with me in the path and destiny that God had for my life. All those other girls I was interested in would never be able to walk with me as Don is able to walk with me. That's why this is critical. I didn't know that, but God was gracious enough to me to show me before I was married. I was able even to see how beautiful and special she was on the outside and the in inside. And I knew she was the one for me. Now, when I got married, I wasn't saved. And so I went after the American dream and had the house, the kids, the cars. And after about five years, we were heading for divorce court because I didn't know what my destiny was. I didn't know what God's plan was for my life. I didn't know what the Lord desired for us. I was doing my own thing. Donna was doing her own thing. And that plan came to a collapse. But my mom prayed after my brother died. He died after three days old. Lord, if you give me another son, he's yours. And see, I had a destiny. God answered a prayer. My destiny was to walk with God and serve the Lord all the days of my life. That's all of our destinies. That's why we're made. But God made this promise with my mom. And I remember finally, you know, after having everything you could ever wanted, you would have thought I was the happiest person in the world. But I wanted to die. I wanted to end my life. I wanted to commit suicide. And one day I tried and I failed. And I remember going into work that day. I was 25 years old. And I remember going into work and um, I hired this lady. I didn't know she was a Christian. And I just, I asked her, she was my best employee. I promoted her for, within a month to an assistant manager. That's how good she was. I looked, I said, what do you have that I don't have? And she said, Jesus. I said, oh no. I had been preached to about my sister got saved. Donna's sister got saved. Every restaurant I managed was next to a born again, spiritual church. They would preach at me all the time. I was a Catholic. I didn't want to hear anything about it. But when she said that, I said, oh, no. I asked this question. I said, how is your Jesus different than the one that I know? She goes, have you ever asked him into your heart? I said, not really. She goes, well, that's the difference. And I said a word a Catholic should never say. I want to go to church with you. She goes, you do? And I said, yeah. Two Sundays later, I went to church with her at a different church, an assembly of God. I gave my life to the Lord. And for the first time in my life, I knew I was loved perfectly. And I no longer had to love Donna perfectly. She didn't have to love me perfectly. The love that I needed filled that heart. But see, there's a second part, and that's what I'm talking about today. It wasn't enough for me to be saved. 
I had to know what I was created for. And so I went back to work. And, you know, and the sister that led me to the Lord, she came over to my house for six months and did a Bible study. Within a month of that Bible study, God so changed my life. So every day I would read the word and it would explode off the pages. I would pray and worship and I grew and grew and grew. And in a month's time, I was teaching that Bible study. Within three months time, I left my job and went to Bible school for a year. Within a year, I was working with a pastor and assist as an assistant pastor in the church. A year later, we started our, two years later, we started our own church. 14 years later, we started a new ministry of missionary work. Who would have known back then this was a plan that God had for me? But what brought that plan into existence? Proverbs 8, verse 17. I love those that love me. And those that seek me early and diligently shall find me. I love those that love me. And those who seek me early and diligently find me. When I got saved, I got up six o'clock in the morning. My pastor required me to come and pray with him. And I would spend time with God, alone with God, praying with him, worshiping him, because I was so grateful for the Lord saving me. I should be dead. I should, I, I, he stopped me from committing suicide. I shouldn't even be here. Every day I'm alive, I'm on borrowed time. And I'm grateful for every day that God has given me, every day that God has given me with Donna, my children and my grandchildren. I'm so grateful for the Lord. But you see, God has a plan. And that plan was for me to be his. I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. I, I didn't know I was going to be an assistant pastor. I didn't know I was going to be a ministrator. I didn't know that God would release a prophetic call upon my life or an apostolic calling on my life. I didn't know that. But as I loved the Lord, as I made him my pursuit, as I went after knowing him, he began to reveal in me and through me his heart's desires and and um, began to drink my tea. He began to help me understand my calling and purpose. I remember I was confronted by this man. I was, I was an assistant pastor and I was in a little conflict with the pastor I was in with because I really felt that, you know, he wanted me to go back into, the, go back into work, but God had delivered me from that and I couldn't do it. And I didn't want to be disobedient to the authority over me, but I knew he was asking me to do something that God wasn't asking me. And so I went to our pastor about it, got counsel from him, and we went to, um, he, he had this prophet come to me and this prophet, he would look at you like this and it's like he could see through you. And so he comes to me, says, I heard you and, and, and this pastor are having a disagreement. And he goes, he looks at me like this and he goes, how do you know you're called? How do you know you're called to preach the gospel? He said, just like that. And I said, and this is what came out of me because if I don't, I'll die. Do you see? How did I know that? What was my destiny to preach this gospel? Maybe your destiny is to be a doctor for the Lord, a lawyer, a nurse, a fashion designer. Who knows what that calling is? But don't you want to know? Don't you want to know what his plans and purposes are for you? He says he knows them. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. But it comes by you falling in love with the Lord, knowing the Lord, walking with the Lord and getting that heart filled with him. And you just do it very simply. Maybe in the next podcast, I'll share with you about how to develop that, how to hear the Lord, how to walk with the Lord, how to know him, if that would be helpful to, to those of you that are watching this podcast. But let me share with you what happens. 
He says, I love those that love me. I thought you said he loved everybody. He does. But when he finds somebody that absolutely wants him and loves him, his approbation, his favor compounds your life and he deals with you as if you were the only person in the world. And you have this most beautiful, personal, intimate, romantic love relationship with the Lord. Now, as a guy, that's hard for us to think of because we're guys and, you know, Jesus is a guy. But remember, he's spirit. And God is a spirit and we worship him in spirit and truth. So I can love Jesus in the spirit as a bride, even though I'm a son. You know, I can love him and want to be married to him as, as, as a bride spiritually, which means just basically becoming one with him so that his life would be my life. I would live to please him. As Donna lives to be a blessing, she's my helpmate. Okay, she helps me, you know, but she's more than my helpmate. She's a gift from God. She's the Lord's daughter. And I had to learn by God how to cherish her, how to help her to, as a husband, get underneath her and help her to become everything that God created her to be, to see her the way that Jesus sees her. And that's how I have to see my children, the way that he sees them. I could never see my wife or my children or you that way if I didn't allow the Lord to show me how he sees me. If I didn't know what his thoughts were, his plans, his purposes, and how much he loves me, how could I ever love anyone else? How can I love that bride? And I said, how could God, how can God bring you your spouse if you don't have one, if you're living for another will? You may love the Lord, but you're living for another plan. Your wife, the true one, or your husband that God wants to bring to you is in your destiny. They have to be able to walk in your destiny. They have to be able to walk with you. That's why you're not supposed to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever because they can't walk in your destiny. Your destiny is critical to your advancement in this day and hour. You see, if you continue not knowing your destiny, if you continue to walk where you want to walk and not know the thoughts and plans that God has for you, in these end times, you're not going to be able to stand. You'll have nothing to stand on. You're not going to know him. You're not going to know his ways. You're not going to know his will. And then that's why the Bible says in the last days, many are going to desert the faith. The love of the great body is going to wax cold. Many are going to desert the Lord because they never knew why they were created, what their destiny was. Your destiny doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a preacher. Your destiny is to be his. That's my destiny, to be the Lord. Whether I ever minister again or not is irrelevant to me. I don't ever, ever have to preach again because my destiny is just to be the Lord's. I love those that love me and those that diligently and seek me early and diligently, they shall find me. That's my destination, finding the Lord. And as I find the Lord, he reveals his destiny because he shares with you his thoughts, his plans, his desires. And then as he shares them with you, you do them and your destiny unfolds. And this is the promise, and I'm going to end here in verse 21. It says, that I may cause those that love me. This is the work of God, that I may cause those that love me to inherit true riches. I'm going to cause them to inherit the true riches, true riches of your kingdom life. The true riches is your destiny and all that contains. Maybe you'll own three homes. Maybe you'll be have no homes. It doesn't matter, but you'll have the true riches. Whatever it is God has made your life to be, he will fill it completely with the true riches and he will cause you to inherit real substance. He'll fill you and he'll fill your treasuries. When he fills your treasuries, he fills your life with his riches and his glory, his presence, his love, his glory, provision, health, everything that you need to live this life. And you become complete and you become content. And when you become complete and content, you enter into the rest of God because you know why you are made. I may not know what I'm going to do tomorrow exactly, 
But I know that as I'm in him, as I love him, as I spend time with him, he's ordering my steps. He's already predestined for me the works that I'm going to walk in. The steps of a righteous man are already ordered of the Lord. Whatever it is that God has me to do, I'm going to do. So I'm not concerned about doing. I'm just concerned about being his and falling in love with him and knowing him and wanting him. And those are the people that he's going to take now and form into this mighty army of the Lord. The likes that have never been seen on the earth before and will never be seen again. A people so one with the Lord, so in love with the Lord, and so in love with each other, you know, loving each other as Jesus has loved us, that there's not going to be a church like we've ever seen in the church age, this thing that you go to on Sunday or you don't go to on Wednesday. This which body, temple, army, New Jerusalem city that God is building is going to be a people who are fitted together into a spiritual house, each one of us a living stone being made up into a spiritual house. And we're coming together by the Spirit of God. And we're going to love each other with each part of the body supplying what the other needs. There'll be no division, no competition, no strife, nothing. It's going to be completely united in the Lord. And we all fit into that spiritual house, that new Jerusalem city, that city of God, that governmental order of God that's coming upon this earth. His bride, his sons, his man-child, his overcomers, we're all part of that. And your wife-to-be, your spouse-to-be, or, or maybe you're married now, okay, is the one, has to be the one that God has given you. And that's how you can pray for them and encourage them. When you know your destiny and you are at peace with the Lord because he's filled you and he saved you, but you're also at peace because you're in and you're becoming exactly what God created you to be, that's, what, that's the life that you can give to your spouse and surround them in security and safety because you know who you are and you know your identity in the Lord and his identity in you. And you can keep them safe and you can help them and your children and your future children and your grandchildren to learn how to walk and live in the will of God. Amen. Praise God. Let me pray for you as I end this today. I went a little bit longer than I wanted to go, but that's okay. Lord, I pray for all those watching this broadcast today. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, first of all, if they don't know you, Lord, Father God, that they would bow their knees and say, Jesus, I don't know my destiny. I don't even know why I'm created. All I know is that my life is just not what it's supposed to be. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Save me. Restore my life to what you created it to be. I want to know why you made me and I want to know my purpose. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I give my life and the rest of my days to you. And if you do know the Lord, just pray this with me. Lord, I'm lost right now. I've been doing my own thing. I haven't taken the time to find out why you made me or what your purpose is. Or if I did, maybe I'd let it go. I return back to you, Lord. I want to know the thoughts and plans that you have for my life. And I surrender to that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for watching this, this, this um, Kingdom Moment. My name is Henry Falcone for Flame of Fire Ministries. If we can help you in any way or serve you, just send me a text message or email. You can go to our website, www.flameoffire2007.org, and you can email me there. We are here for you. We love you. God bless you. And thank you for watching this podcast. Bye-bye.